Hello and welcome to the Andrew Ferris Podcast. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the show today. And I want to talk today about how to communicate online to your customers. This is a very obvious point that I'm going to make today, but I think it is easily overlooked and one of the most important things in getting all forms of online communication, specifically your ad funnel from ad all the way through to purchase exactly right and to make it as effective as possible. I am seeing incredible results right now for a couple of brands by focusing really heavily on the point that I'm going to make today. So I wanna tell you about it so you can do the same. Let's get into it. Okay, here's the big idea of what I wanna talk about today and then I'm gonna unpack it for you. The big idea is this. The most overlooked thing in digital communication is that, ready? It is digital. Incredible, right? Incredible observation. Digital communication is digital, which is to say that in the shopping experience, one of the fundamental ways that it is different than going to a store and shopping is that you cannot, when you are shopping for a product online, see, now you can see the product in a digital communication, of course. However, you can't see it in person. And there is a difference between that, especially when you get into categories like apparel, et cetera. Okay, so you cannot see, you cannot touch, you cannot hear, again, you can sort of hear it, right? And you cannot smell, and you certainly cannot taste the product that you are shopping for if you are shopping for it digitally. There is a gap on all of those things. Now, I think brands that deal especially in the taste and touch areas and smell areas, they tend to be more cognizant of this reality and they recognize that in their digital communication, they have to figure out some way to bridge that gap. But for brands that don't have those as core elements of the of the product, I think those brands have a tendency to forget that there is a digital gap between themselves and their customers, that digital communication is fundamentally mediated. And therefore, there is work to be done to accomplish the communication challenge of clarity. So let me just put that all back together again, and then I'm going to unpack it a little bit more. There is what I call a digital gap between you and your customer. And your job as a digital communicator is to bridge the digital gap. That is the fundamental challenge. And if you can bridge the digital gap, you can communicate much more effectively with your customer. Bridging the digital gap is primarily an issue of clarity. It's primarily an issue of clarity. It's getting, it's working very hard to be very clear as well as directness about what it is that your customer is going to care about, about the product. And that happens via education at different steps in the funnel. You bridge the digital gap by educating across different parts of the funnel. It's funny, the other day I tweeted something about how advertisers think a lot about, about the hook in an ad and maybe the angle in an ad. What is it in the first three seconds of an ad or whatever? And this could be any ad format, by the way. This could be a meta ad, it could be TikTok, it could be YouTube, it could be a billboard, it could be anything. What is going to grab somebody's attention, stop them from scrolling, stop them from turning pages in a magazine, flipping channels, whatever? What is going to stop them and get them to think about your ad? And that is completely right. There's the old David Ogilvy point, and I'm going to butcher this, but you know that basically way, way more people read the headline than read the whole thing. And so if you can get the headline right, you can accomplish a whole lot and you know, sort of the, the value of your efforts gets multiplied significantly. That's completely right. And I totally agree with it, that the angle is really, really important. And for everything I'm about to say, you know, I've seen great educational work and great digital gap bridging 
get amplified even more by hooking people effectively, essentially, by, by capturing attention effectively. However, I tweeted the other day that I think sometimes advertisers are so focused on the hook that perhaps they have lost sight of the fact, essentially, that there are more ad- ads whose problem is related to the educational component, to the sort of what I would even call like exposition, the exposition of your point, then there's more ads that are problematic in the exposition than they are in the hook. That actually, I think advertisers are so cognizant of the hook being an issue that they do a pretty good job of creating and crafting pretty good hooks. But where ads go wrong and where digital communication goes wrong so much of the time is everything that follows that hook in the exposition of the point that you want to make and in the education and persuasion portion of the ad, okay? Not just the ad, but the entire digital communication. The reason I think that is because of this issue of the digital gap, that there is so much work to be done to bridge the digital gap for your customers that you have to work very hard and think very hard to get very clear to help your customer understand exactly what it is that your product provides for them that will make their life better. This is the fundamental challenge of so much digital advertising And it's a place where people really don't realize how hard you have to work at it. Actually, in this respect, it is like crafting a great headline or a hook. A great headline or a great hook is a very short thing. It's a a few words or a few seconds of a video. But if you've ever tried to do this kind of work, you know it's really hard to get that right. In fact, the economy of language required for doing that or the economy of video or whatever required for doing that makes the job harder, not easier. There's some old statement from writers or whatever that it's like, if you want me to write 20 pages about something, give me an hour. If you want me to write one page, give me three hours or whatever, right? Like the notion is it's much harder to be clear and concise and to edit than it is to just to sort of go on and on. <laughs> somebody, somebody probably needs to preach that to me with some of these podcast episodes, right? It's really hard to, to hone in on your point and make it really clear really quick. I think there's something really similar going on with the digital gap problem. The digital gap problem, it's very difficult. It requires serious effort to communicate in a way that is fundamentally clear all the way through your digital communication that answers every objection that the customer could have. And by objection, objection is the wrong way of thinking about it. Objection almost assumes, I shouldn't have even said that. The notion of your customer objecting assumes that your customer understands what you're proposing. And I actually want to move the conversation or the the digital conversation forward a step. Forget whether they object to it. The question is, do they even know what you're offering them? Have you communicated in a way that has them even beginning to think about how your product will fit into their life to where they could really understand that and think through it? And when they can understand it and think through it, then they might have an objection. Oh, maybe this is going to break. Oh, maybe this is going to not last long or it's going to smell bad or whatever. And then you can handle objections later. But to start, you just have to be clear. And being clear requires working really hard. So I want to now break down for you how I see this playing out, solving the digital gap playing out throughout your funnel so you can think about it. So we're going to go from ad on the landing page to PDP to sort of website structure from there. Okay, so let's start with the ad. The number one thing you need to think about in your ad first is this issue of clarity. So if you think about advertising and you think about the notion of starting on an angle, that's totally right. Consider what angle you want to start with. What's the entry point for your conversation with your customer to get them thinking about your product? Okay, but after you have hit that angle, after you have that starting point, Everything else you are doing is about bringing as much clarity as possible to anything else about the product that will help the customer understand what it is and how it adds value to their life as possible. That's what all of the rest of it is about. 
Now, sometimes this digital gap thing is not really about their ability to experience it in a store or not. It might be about they're seeing it on a friend or having a or having somebody recommend if it's apparel, right? Seeing somebody else wear it or having a friend recommend the product to them or something like that. So I'm working with Curie's deodorant brand, selling clean, natural deodorant. And we have this ad that's crushing and and the ad is pretty long. It's almost two minutes and, and two minutes long. And I'll come back to that in a minute, which maybe may feel like a lot for like a 30 some odd dollar AOV. Like it's not a super complicated product. And yeah, I'll come back to length in a second. But the point that I want to make is, whereas a customer who is seeing this product in a store or maybe a, maybe like a friend recommends it and they can like pick it up and smell it, that is going to be part of what sells the product to them is the scent in that case. Like obviously you can't do that digitally. And so instead, there is another approach to the problem, which is to sort of find the thing that after you've honed in on your angle, that is related, relatable to the customer and drive that home with as much detail as possible. So, so in this case, one of the things we learned from our quiz on our, on our site, and I'm going to come back to that later too, is that 86% of our customers have already tried clean deodorant, but they have mostly are switching because they found them to be ineffective. They, they, they don't feel like they work. They don't keep them from smelling pad which is, of course, the fundamental thing a deodorant is supposed to do. So we know that's an issue for our customers. And we know that on top of that, that it's especially an issue for customers who think of themselves as particularly active and particularly sweaty, right? So we, we read all, I read all these reviews from customers that suggested that customers who are like spin instructors in Austin, Texas are like, I'm in the sweatiest part of the world or whatever. And they just feel like a clean deodorant won't work for them. And so how do you talk about that? So in the ad, we included this level of detail because, of course, the customer cannot actually try this for themselves. And and actually, in real life, they may be able to, at least with our spray deodorants. In fact, for Curie, Curie's deodorants are in the spray bottles, are in the bathroom at every Equinox and every Soul Cycle. And I love that product, like seeding placement. It's not technically seeding. They pay for the product, but they don't pay much for the product. And, and it allows customers to try out the product. But of course, you can't do that digitally. So we have to find some way to communicate this. So we like took pains in this ad to make sure that we included that in the angle, this issue of sort of like super sweaty person who's really active, and then validated as much as we could through the ad. Hey, look, the founder is a former marathon runner, like she knows what this is about. And she created this product to somebody who works out regularly, and it works for her, etc. And we tried to validate that all the way through. And and I'll tell you what, this ad is currently two minutes long, and I am thinking about how do I add more to it that gives more and more clarity and more and more education? How do I show that there's sticks and sprays? And I've already shown that in the ad to some degree, because that's important for certain customers who have a baking soda, who get allergy, basically, and they get rashes if the product is baking soda, which stick deodorants usually do. The spray deodorant doesn't, so they need to see that's an option. Like, they, I want to show them all of the different scents that we can offer, etc., and take this concept of clarity and go further. So I'm going to unpack what I just said a little bit. The first is one of the most helpful things you can do is source talking points from your reviews. This is common advice in advertising. In fact, it's in some ways kind of a, one of the most common pieces of advice, but it's really helpful. See what your customers are responding to. See what they're getting excited about, about the product when they, when they give you some more detail about it and then speak to that specific issue because what, that, what they are expressing when they're excited about a concept is exactly this. It is their physical experience with the product in person when they can see, touch, taste, feel, whatever, you know, hear it. When all of those things happen and it's really sensory. They're telling you back what their sensory experience of the product is in a lot of cases, depending on the product and category, blah, blah, blah. 
And therefore, what you want to do is help them in your ad to, especially if they're telling you this is the the value of the product, just tell other customers that, that they're probably not alone in experiencing that. So that then becomes the source point for your education. And if you do for your education in your ad, if you do that in your advertising, what will end up happening is you will find more and more things to talk about. And more than you're really persuading people or anything like that, more than you're answering objections, though that may be part of it, what you're really doing is just taking people's physical experience of the product and bridging the digital communication gap that they are not going to be able to have just in, their, in this bit of digital communication by giving them all of that information back and illustrating it as clearly, as creatively as possible. And by creatively, what I mean is doing whatever you can. Like for example, Curie, right? Nobody, it doesn't matter what I say, people can't smell the product. So I probably need to come up with some way to visually communicate what this smells like if I can. And maybe that's with visuals that conjure sensory experiences. You know, if it's a coconut product, maybe beautiful tropical coconuts or whatever, right? Gives people a sense so they know they can think of what, you know, I, right now as I'm saying this, I can think of what coconut smells like. And maybe that gives them a sense of being able to quote unquote smell the product without without doing it. This is where creative people are really helpful to help you come up with interesting and creative ways to communicate clearly within the parameters of what you're trying to communicate. I am at a point now where I really don't know why an e-commerce business that is looking to add members to their team would not at least consider in the beginning of their search hiring in the Philippines and probably doing that with more staffing. Here's the simple value proposition. What if the next person you added to your team was as good or better than you expected them to be? And they came at a fraction of the cost that you expected it to come. Like it makes so much sense that I don't know why you wouldn't at least consider it. And, and the answer I think is probably that people don't know where to start. They don't know how to access that talent pool. They don't know how the time change is gonna work. All of these kind of details of that uh, relationship can be a little bit tricky and a little bit confusing. And that is why what you should do very simply is go to more staffing at morenow.co, morenow.co. You should go talk to them who will help you handle all of this. More Staffing is a staffing agency that helps connect e-commerce businesses to incredible talent in the Philippines. I'm talking like A-level players, people who have great judgment, strategically insightful in all kinds of areas of their business. That is like supply chain, operations, inventory, forecasting, demand planning, analytical stuff like that, graphic design, video editing. There's all kinds of places that employees in the Philippines can add value to your business. More staffing knows all about it because they themselves run e-commerce businesses with teams from the Philippines. Like they, they understand this deeply, they know how to do it, and they will hold your hand through all of it to make sure that the process is smooth and simple. And it will all come again at a fraction of the cost of hiring that person in the US. Seriously, if you are thinking about adding any team members to your team, you absolutely should consider going to more staffing. And it is not just low-level tasks that you hand off to a virtual assistant. We're talking about virtual professionals, real, true, full team members who are going to help you at every level of the business. That is the vision that More Staffing has. I love it. I love this sponsor. I'm really excited to be working with them. I want you to go check them out at morenow.co. So that that's the starting point for all of this. Really particular, clear features and benefits in an education section of the ad. Once you've gotten, after you've locked in on your angle, that you then unpack that angle with all of these things that are meant to give as much clarity as possible so that customer can really understand where this fits in their life. And, and I'll say, do not be afraid of 
ad length for this reason. People are, I mean, I can't tell you, for the entire time I've been in advertising, eight years basically, people are always afraid that the ad is too long. And it just almost never actually is. Like, if an ad goes wrong, it's, I don't think it's because it's too long in most cases. It goes wrong because it's boring or because it's not clear enough or something, but it's not really a length problem. It's a communication problem. So don't be afraid of length. We, we are going to test this in some new ways. I'm really interested to see how this goes with Kiri in particular, where we're going to take current two-minute ads and cut them down to a 15, a 30, and a one. And then I'm actually going to add length as well and see what happens if it becomes a four-minute ad and just see if it makes any kind of a difference. Because my theory right now is that at least to some degree, the increased length in an ad, all it's really doing, as long as the content is good and clear, is bridging the digital gap. That's all it's really doing. You're just giving people more reasons to understand, more things to understand about this product, to educate more, so that they can more fully imagine what this looks like and feels like in their lives. That's really it. So source the talking points from the reviews, let your angle lead straight into ed education, get very particular and clear on features and benefits, and then don't be afraid of length. By the way, I'm thinking about the same thing in apparel. This is another classic category. I've referenced this a little bit already, but this is a classic category where this is a real problem. The customer, obviously, shopping for apparel online, there's one big, huge thing they can't do online that they can do in person. And what's that? They can't try it on. And so finding some ways to bridge that digital gap are really important. That, for me, means a couple things. Like when I'm working with an apparel brand, and I'm working with Born Primitive right now, one of the things I always say to them is a couple things. First of all, there's a disproportionate amount of concern about how my butt will look in these pants, especially if they're leggings or something tight like that. And so you have to show that. It's not about sexualizing the content. It's about like having somebody have a sense of like, what's this going to look like? They want to know what it's going to look like. So you have to be clear about that, okay? And then second, I, I'm interested in, and I, I'm making a big point of always saying, get rid of faces, get rid of too much context in the background, get rid of too much distraction in the ad. There's so many ads where all of this stuff distracts from the product itself. And the point is not that you don't want faces or context per se. That's not really the point. The primary point is anything that gets in the way of helping a customer imagine and think about and get more clarity about what this product looks like when they are wearing it, whether it's male or female or whatever, anything that, that gets in the way of that bit of communication is a problem. It's a problem. This is, by the way, where influencer content can be incredibly helpful, I think. Uh, explainer content, where an influencer does a really good job with UGC, just like walking through product details. I think this is part of why unboxing ads can sometimes be really effective, or at least as part of an ad can be really effective because influencers who can just explain the features and benefits well, they can just do they can just do incredible things for your brand, basically, because just that ability to explain and clarify really helps. And again, with an influencer, it might even be somebody who's sort of relatable enough that I can see myself in them and I can imagine that experience translating. Okay. So aim at clarity, aim at clarity. Aim at bridging that digital gap. Don't be afraid of getting long when you do it. Okay, landing page. Now let's let's unpack this for the rest. I think this will be a much quicker on the rest of this. Hopefully the point's been made, okay? Same thing with a landing page. Don't be afraid of length. This is where long-form advertorial copy, listicles, long-form landers in general that bring as much clarity as possible to all these things can work really well. There's particularly, I mean, I've seen this particularly effective in some spaces like supplement and some of that where endlessly long landing pages, like ridiculously long copy gets read. And I hear the same thing from advertisers over all the time with long copy. Oh, nobody's going to read that. Can I just remind you that actually you don't need most people to read it? If you get a 2% click-through rate, you are killing it. 
on your click-through rate on your ad, right? 2%. So that means of the people you first start talking to, you need, if you get one in 50 to click, you do great. Most of us exist at a 1% click-through rate and we feel fine about that, okay? So one, let's say one out of 100 people who see your ad and click it now are going to read. And now of that one out of 100 people, of that group, depending on your category, like let's say two to 4% of them convert on your product, okay? And you're in perfectly good shape, right? So well, let's call it 3%. So the 3% of the 1% are the people you're talking to. It is a tiny subset of a tiny subset. That's who ultimately is going to potentially be buying your product. So of the 10,000 people you serve an ad to, let's say you get 100 clicks, right? 1% of that 10,000. Then maybe three of those 100 buy. That means three out of 10,000 people need to care about reading your ad, reading your copy. So when somebody sits and tells you, nobody's going to read that, it's too long. Say, that's fine. I'm not trying to get... I, I recognize completely that of the 10,000 people that I'm going to reach with this, 9,900 of them are not going to care at all. And they are not even going to get to the page. And then even of that 100 left over, right? Only night, like 97 of them are not going to read it. And I'm completely fine with that. It's okay. It's okay. So don't be afraid. It's for that person who's really interested. And for that person who really wants to know, that's who you're communicating to. And that person needs the amount of clarity and education that they need to make the decision that they need to make. So don't be afraid of length. And this is where I'll say the other thing is, I think part of the reason quizzes are popping up all over the place, and we use Octane AI, full disclosure, I'm on that advisory board thing for Octane AI that they set up, really cool deal where they reached out to a bunch of folks and said, hey, can you give us some product input? Can you promote the product? We'll give you just a few advisory shares. So that that happened for me, but I, I'm I'm again on this. I, I'm, an, I'm starting to think about this more and more for all kinds of brands and all kinds of spaces that I didn't used to think about quizzes for. And it's for the same reason. What quizzes allow you to do is help people navigate through the mess of all of this stuff all over the place on your website. N- navigate through the mess of all of these different product questions and use cases and all those things and instead speak to somebody specifically. So for Curie, for example, I think I me- mentioned a second ago that if you have a baking soda allergy, that most stick deodorants will give you a rash because they have baking soda in them. And so we are able to, if that person gets rashes, we're able to just say, oh, you get rashes from from stick deodorant sometimes here let us recommend our spray and let us tell you why without you having to pick up and read the label we can just say the normal cause of that is baking soda and we do not have that in our spray deodorant our spray deodorant works great try that you're going to love it and that will solve the problem for you okay so it allows us to get again very specific and very clear with somebody where you know you can't have a full conversation with them they can't pick it up and read the ingredients or whatever but you can still help guide them through that and so specific recommendations via a quiz if designed well with a good lander that explains why they're getting the offer they're getting. We're going to take another step here and add videos to these pages and see if that works to say, here's why we made this recommendation for you. We watch this happen at Bamboo Earth. Obviously, that's a category where specific guidance is super helpful. Skincare, a quiz made a huge difference there. So as far as I'm concerned, this is like a great argument in favor of using these quizzes that it allows you to make the customer journey easier. And for for a customer to sort through all this amount of information, get really clear and once again, bridge that gap that I could otherwise perhaps get from talking to a friend in real life or from seeing a product on a shelf and picking it up and touching it, et cetera. We can can make the the recommendation more specific. By the way, in apparel, I think this is where one of the questions is, is this a product in apparel category where there are real features and benefits? If so, you may need to have some additional help on a lander or on a PDP that gives a bunch of detail on a product. And if this product is mostly about how does this look on me, then the main thing that you have to do is actually just show how it's going to look on the person and, and highlight anything that they might 
they might have questions about. Okay? You know, how long are these shorts, for example, might be a question. Do they have compression liners or not, etc.? In some spaces, there's a bunch more details where it's really important that they are waterproof or they whatever, and you have to show all those kinds of details as well. So maybe not a quiz in this case, but a lander that unpacks all of this can be really effective. Bring as much clarity as possible. That's the point. Okay, PDP. Here's here's one of the points I want to make about a PDP. Anybody who is, so this is the next place, right? A product page, a product detail page, PDP. If your product detail page is going to help a customer see what they need to see about the product, then the product page is going to do that visually. The classic example of what I have in mind here for solving the bridge, uh, bridging the digital gap on a PDP is actually Amazon PDPs. Amazon PDPs are great at this. If you look at almost any Amazon product listing, you will see they all have this same format, which is they have the main product image first, but then after that, they have all these images with callouts about details of the product. There'll be, you know, it's the, it's the image and then a little line and a, and a little bit of text on the image that says, here's this, here's that, here's this, here's that. Giving people that detail really helps because it allows them to, to look at images and see what are the main elements of this product that otherwise I might miss. And I don't know why more brands don't do this on Shopify. It makes all the sense in the world to me as something to, to start doing on any, any place where there's digital communication happening for this exact same reason. And, and part of the reason to do that is that if you've ever watched any screen record of people on, a, on your PDP, if you use Hotjar or some, some tool like that, everybody does the exact same thing. They scroll down and they immediately start swiping images. They start looking through your image carousel. If that's where their eyes are going to go anyway, use that space to bridge the digital gap. What details about the product can you communicate clearly that is going to help them think through and understand this product for themselves in a way that's clear? Use the callouts, use, use video if you can, whatever you need to do to accomplish this. And then I think in the rest of your copy, and, and maybe this is just in the images, any other details about like shipping information or sizing and fit and all of those things that they're, if there's stuff they need to know, it's going to help them. And this is going to be important. Here's another example of this. When I was running Fielder's Choice Goods, FC Goods, selling wallets made out of baseball gloves. One of the things we learned was that our customers wanted to give this as a gift. Huge portions of our customers were, were gift purchasers. And therefore, the presentation of the product mattered a lot. They really wanted to know that when somebody opened the product, first of all, it would be presented beautifully. And we actually did have really beautiful packaging that Robbie Aronson had put together. They had a design there. And so the, the packaging was beautiful. So the first thing we did was we made sure in as many images as possible to show the packaging. Because we wanted people to see that when they gave a gift, giving a gift is vulnerable. I, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but when you give someone a gift, it's a little risky. What if they don't like it? What if it? What if they don't care about this kind of thing? Or what if it's sort of like, I don't know, they open it up and they're sort of underwhelmed? Then you feel bad for giving a gift that the person didn't like, right? So there's something in it for you as the gift giver. And so as we realized that was the case, we, we recognized, okay, the people need to see that this is presented beautifully. So as often as we could, we put the packaging in the images and we tried to show anywhere we could. We didn't say much about this, actually. We probably could have said more. We did actually talk about it in a few places. But rather than saying, you know, presented beautifully, we just showed that it was presented beautifully. But the other thing people wanted to know was that when the person opened the box, when the, when the recipient of the gift opened the box, they knew what it was right away. So we actually added a card on top of the product that said, basically, this is a wallet made out of a baseball glove in so many words. It said more than that and different than that, but that's what it said in so many words. So that when the moment they opened it, they could see, oh, this is what somebody has given me. When they look at the wallet, they go, this why it looks like it's a baseball glove because it really is made out of a baseball glove. And again, we showed that on our digital communication. We showed the card. We showed, and if I could go have that back, one thing I would do actually is show is actually put that in the ad more clearly and then put that on its own uh, image in the PDP. 
so that people could see this is what the unboxing experience is like so they know. They have all those details. So the same point, especially using that image carousel, make those images do some work to communicate. Okay, lastly, the structure of your website. This is another thing where there's a big difference between navigating a website and sort of going into a retail environment, right? On your website, especially if your SKU set is large, I mean, this is just like really hard to know where to send people a lot of times. And thinking about how to communicate your menus and what you use in your homepage hero and any collection pages that you have, anything like that, about how you help somebody make decisions about where to click next and how to get to what they're looking for. Good search can be a part of this. Thinking about this all with the goal of clarity for the right customer who's trying to find the right thing. If you have a large collection of personal care items, you actually have to help the person who wants shampoo versus deodorant versus skincare versus whatever, right? So how do you organize things very well? Well, if you if you call all of your products by their sort of branded product names, you know, the flower collection and the and the sunset collection or whatever, like, I don't know, whatever your branded names are, I'm just making those up. They're not going to know where to go. They're not going to know what to look for next. But if you call them, you know, maybe you organize by part of the body, right? Hair, skin, armpits, like whatever. There'd be a, a bunch of different ways to do this and to think through that problem. Same as true in apparel. Again, bottoms, tops, shorts, pants, like whatever. If you have pants as a category, well, you might have traditional pants and leggings and joggers and jeans. And how do you move people through that? So again, quizzes can be really helpful, but thinking hard about this problem, how to move people through this can be really good. If you do have a quiz, one of the things I recommend is making that the thing that is on your homepage hero. This is another thing people really miss. People use their homepage heroes too often to feature short-term sale type things instead of other parts of their website for that. I would make your homepage hero, generally speaking, something that's gonna guide people who are new. People who go to your homepage, mostly if they type in www.bornprimitive.com or whatever, that person probably knows what they're looking for. That, That approach to your website is pretty direct. And so for that person, they're going to use the menu and get where they need to go. There are some subset of those people who are new customers. And for them, the homepage hero is aimed at them to, to, to tell them where to go. So there's, there's exceptions to that rule, but just be thinking about who you're talking to with each section. How do you make it so the person gets to the exact thing that they need to get to with as much clarity and ease as possible? That will help you, once again, bridge a digital gap by making it so that they can sort through a serious collection of stuff more simply. They cannot walk up to a rack of clothes and go, oh, those are jeans. I'm going to start looking through jeans. Doesn't, I mean, just they have to get guided there through a menu. Uh, so that's the challenge. Okay, point belabored enough. I hope you see it. Digital communication is hard first and foremost because of the issue of clarity. That is the fundamental challenge to solve. Bridging the digital gap is primarily an issue of being as clear as possible and direct as possible about the things that matter most about your brand about your products and how it fits into your customers' lives. Clarity is hard, man. It's hard work. I was thinking about it as I was recording this episode. It's just really challenging to get really clear as you're talking in any way at all. And so working hard on the ad level and on the website level to get those points across with as much detail and clarity and and all those things as possible. I'm finding creative briefs take me forever right now because it really is tough work. But push through. It's work worth doing for every part of your digital communication. It really matters. Listen, thanks so much for listening to this episode of the show. I really appreciate it. I also really do want you to go check out my sponsor, More Staffing. I'm a huge fan of what they're doing. MoreNow.co is the place to do that. If you are interested in 
expanding your team in the Philippines with incredible virtual professionals. I really wouldn't start anywhere else. To me, this is the place to go. I've recommended them to multiple friends already outside of podcast ads and all those things. I just love what Greg Carey and his team are doing there. If you want to follow up with me, I would love to hear from you via email, Twitter. Both those are great. You can email me at podcast at ajfgrowth.com. You can reach out to me on Twitter at Andrew J. Ferris and uh, check out everything I'm doing at ajfgrowth.com. Next week on the show, I'm going to be talking with Kelsey Lyric. Kelsey runs 365 Holdings. He's got nine brands in his portfolio. We had a conversation that I loved having. I thought this was a fantastic conversation. Clarified a lot of things for me about thinking about what makes a great partnership, what makes great financing and capitalization and lifestyle building and all of those things in your brand, whether you have one brand or nine or a million. Uh, I just thought he was incredibly insightful. That conversation was deeply helpful to me personally. You should subscribe so you don't miss out on that. As always, you can be helpful to me if you would like to be helpful to me by recommending this to somebody who you think will get value from it or by rating and reviewing on all the relevant spots, whatever podcast app you are listening to this on. It is really helpful. So thank you so much for doing that. Other than that, I will see you next time. Thanks so much for listening.